Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are going to be in John chapter 6 today. And uh, the title for this session is The Father's Gift. And we're going to be talking about that today. Praise God. Let's go ahead and pray and we'll get right into the Word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, Lord, we just ask you now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Give us ears to hear. Give us a heart to understand, Father. Help us to see these things. Help us to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, than we've ever been before. Now speak to us through your word, Father God. Make the word come alive on the inside of us. And Lord, we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, where we're at in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ now um, the Lord has gone uh, across the lake, a tremendous uh, ministry, revival ministry in the area of Gennesaret. He comes back over to the lake and to the area where he spent most of his time ministering, Bethsaida, Capernaum, that area there. And he's met by people who should already know about the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, but they have not come to faith. They accept Christ as a special uh, human, a special man, a special human being, but they're not looking to him as the Messiah. Now, some have, but most have not. And so where we're going to start, we're going to start back in John chapter 6, beginning in verse 30. And I want to uh, remind you that uh, something that uh, John records in the 12th chapter and he says this, but though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they would not, notice that, yet they would not believe on him. And we're going to see this as we go through the rest of, well, actually, uh, John chapter 6 all the way down to verse 59. Uh, we're going to see that the people will not come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, concerning him being their Messiah. Now, they do accept him as a prophet, but they will not accept him as Messiah. And so verse 30 says this. So they asked him, notice this, what miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? Now, how many signs has Jesus performed? How many miracles has he done? How many things has the Lord Jesus done and Two full years of ministry now, entering into the third year of his ministry that would cause Jews to accept Jesus as their Messiah. No, they will not come to faith. They're expecting a different Messiah. See, this is why this is so important. We have to accept Jesus exactly as the word of God portrays him to be not what commentaries speak about him, not what I say about him, but what the word of God says about him. That's why it's so important for us to read the scriptures, study the scriptures. Amen. Praise God. And for us to get a complete scriptural idea of this man, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one in whom we're trusting for salvation. So that when we talk to others, we are portraying Jesus in truth, not some facsimile, 
but who Jesus actually is. And God has given us enough information, both in the Old Testament and in the Gospels and in the rest of the New Testament to show to us just exactly who this man Jesus is, who this infinite God man is, the one in whom we are trusting uh, for salvation and eternal life. Praise God. Hallelujah. So as we go through these scriptures and as we uh, quote the, the words of uh, the gospel writers, the, the words that, that Jesus had spoken to them, and he's still speaking to us today. The word of God is speaking to us today. And if we'll trust his word, God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will literally lift the words up out of the page of our Bible and implant them into our heart. Praise God. Hallelujah. Goes right along with what the psalmist said. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Uh, There's too many Christians out there living a worldly life thinking that, uh, that they can get away with that. Listen, let me tell you something. A compromised life is a defeated life. God doesn't want us to be defeated. He wants us to have victory. Well, the only way you and I can have victory and sustain victory throughout our life is to be sticklers for the word of God. For the word of God, we stand upon it. Amen. Praise God. And so the Bible doesn't contain the Word of God. The Bible is the Word of God, and we have to accept it, all of it, praise God. And God will show us, the Holy Spirit will interpret the Word for us. He'll give us revelation. Amen. Uh, But we've got to seek for it, praise God. And the problem with the Jews that we're going to read about is that they were seeking for the miracles, but they were not seeking the miracle worker. And so God does a lot of great things for us. He blesses us. I'm sure the blessings of God that we have received are of beyond count. Many of them that we'll have no idea until we get to heaven. The blessings that God performed for us and did for us while we were down here on earth. But we cannot seek just the blessings. We have to seek the one who blesses us. Amen. Praise God. So we seek the man. We seek the person, the infinite God man, the Lord Jesus Christ, in whom we love with all of our heart, mind, soul and strength. And the whole purpose behind uh, these lessons in this radio program is for us to draw nearer to Jesus, closer to him than we've ever been before. Amen. And that's a prayer. And I say amen. Now, verse 30, once again, so they asked him, what miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? And once again, how many signs does Jesus have to perform before people will come to faith? Well, the answer is he's done enough and they're not coming to faith. And so that's why Jesus said, though you have seen me, you will not believe. That's in verse 36. And we'll read that as we go along. Now, verse 31, our forefathers, notice this is once again the Jews speaking, our forefathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Now, verse 31, the Jews are mistaken. They think that Moses is the one that gave them that bread. Moses couldn't do that. Moses did not have the power nor the authority to do that. It was God the Father that did that. Amen. 
And then Jesus says in verse 32, Verily, verily I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father, notice this, but my Father gives to you, notice that word, gives to you, the true bread from heaven. Jesus Christ is a gift to the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I want to ask you a question. What have you done with this gift called Jesus Christ that has been given to you so that you might have eternal life? What have you done with this gift? Have you received this gift? If you have received this gift by faith, then friend, you have eternal life and you should never fear death. Only do this. Obey God and obey his word and all will go well with you. Praise God. Amen. See, the Jews, they have hardness of heart. They're full of unbelief. The miracle that Jesus did in multiplying the loaves and the fish was the other day. What are you going to do for me today? How many people in the church are like that? Well, preacher, you preached pretty good last time, but this time, what do you got today? I tell you, so many pastors get behind the pulpit and preach so much word, enough word to feed their congregation for an entire month. But most of us, when the preacher preaches, when the pastor preaches, by the time we have eaten lunch, we've already forgotten what all he said. See, we have to have ears to hear. How many times did Jesus say that? He that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Or he said it of himself. He, hath, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Oh, I tell you, it's so important for us to pray. Lord, give us ears to hear. Have an attitude of heart, Lord. I'm going to listen and I'm going to hear and I'm going to respond. The people who have ears to hear have an attitude, and this is the attitude that they have. I will put into practice what Jesus said, and I'll do it immediately. Praise God. Amen. I tell you, I sense victory in my spirit about what I just said. If you will begin to put the word of God into practice, my friend, it'll begin to work for you. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So Jesus goes on in verse 33, and he says, For the bread of God is he which came down from heaven. The bread of God is he which came down from heaven and gives life unto the world. Jesus is a gift given to the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. Notice the disconnect here. They are not picking up what Jesus said. Jesus says in verse 35, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believes on me shall never thirst. He's talking on a spiritual realm. The Jews are thinking purely on a natural realm. Just like the woman at the well. Oh, give me this water that I'll never have to come here and draw again. She was thinking purely on natural terms. Jesus was speaking on spiritual terms. Jesus is the living bread. And then verse 36 again, but I said unto you, and I continue to say unto you that you also have seen me and you've seen my miracles. 
You've seen my life. You've seen everything that I've done, but yet you will not believe and believe not. See, these men are not persuaded. They want Jesus to continue to perform miracles, just like in John chapter nine, when Jesus healed that man born blind and that man born blind was brought up before the council. They kept asking him again and again and again and again and again. Why? Because they would not believe that Jesus healed this man. They just wouldn't believe it. They wouldn't believe it. And finally, they took counsel how they might destroy Jesus. And of course, that man that testified, that man that was healed testified, well, they cast him out of the synagogue. I tell you, unbelief is a horrible thing. Obstinate rebellion is a horrible thing. And it all stems from pride. And James and uh, Peter tells us God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Amen. And I'm saying today that if you are not a believer in Jesus Christ, if you will humble yourself and open your heart, Jesus will come in. He will sup with you and you will sup with him. Praise God. You will have eternal fellowship with the father. Receive the gift that God has given to you. Now, verse 37, most astounding verse of scripture. All that the father gives me shall come to me. Notice that all that the father gives me shall come to me. If you're born again today, you are a gift from the father to his son. <laughs> all that the father gives to me shall come to me. All that the father gives to me shall come to me. Notice the definiteness of that statement. Not some, all. All that the father gives to me shall come to me. Who are the ones that the father has given to the son? Those who respond to the gospel. When the gospel is preached, remember when the gospel was preached and you were willing to hear it, God gave you ears to hear and conviction seized your heart. How do I know that? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. I was willing to hear and God gave me ears to hear. I heard the gospel. Conviction came and I knew at that moment, Wednesday night, Wednesday night, October the 13th, 1971, I knew then that if I died without Jesus, I would go straight to eternity, eternal death. I go straight to hell. And God gave me the strength because I feared because I wanted what that preacher was preaching. God gave me the strength to go forward and to receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. That is the best decision, the most eternally beneficial decision that I've ever made in my life is to choose to follow him. Praise God. All that the Father gives to me shall come to me. Talking about you, brother, talking about you, sister. If you're born again, you, you are God the Father's gift to his son. But notice the rest of the verse. And him that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. 
and him that comes to me. Initiated by God, prompted by the Holy Spirit. We have to yield to it. We have to yield to the Spirit's call. We have to yield to the gospel call. God's not going to force us. He's not going to ride into our life on a white charger and then demand and command us to get saved. He's not going to do that. We have to yield to the gospel call. We have to yield to the Spirit's call. Praise God. All that the Father gives to me shall come to me. And he that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. I'm not going to throw that person away. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. I will never refuse the person that comes to me because he is a gift from my Father, and every gift that my Father gives to me, I receive. Verse 38, For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will, which he has sent me to do, that of all, notice that, that of all which he has given me, I should lose nothing. There it is, brother. There it is, sister. The security of the believer. Are you walking in the light as he is in the light? Are you fellowshipping, although imperfectly, are you fellowshipping with God the Father? All that the Father has given me, I will lose nothing. But should raise it up again at the last day, talking about you and me. God's going to raise us up at the last day. Praise God. Verse 40, and this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that sees the Son and believes on him, may have everlasting life. Notice that. Notice the may have everlasting life. See, there's a lot depending upon us yielding to the Father. And this is the will of the Father that sent me. Everyone that sees the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life, continues to believe on him, may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. What a tremendous statement. Praise God. For everyone that that looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life. Shall have eternal life. Praise God. Verse 41, Then the Jews then murmured at Him because He said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this? See, here's the stumbling stone. Here's the rock of offense. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I came down from heaven? They will not believe that Jesus is the Messiah. They're willing to accept Jesus as a prophet, but not as the Messiah. Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. 
Draw him comes from a Greek word. It's in the it's a, the aorist tense, which means that uh, it's to drag like a net. But in a moral sense, it means that God draws people through their conscience. In other words, the gospel message goes out. The people are willing to hear. God opens that heart. Amen. And then through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, convincing them that Jesus is truth, convicting them of their sins, convicting them of sins, convincing them of their need of salvation. God then draws them to the son. Amen. Hallelujah. Draws them to the cross through the power of the blood of Jesus. Once again, God doesn't force men to receive Jesus. He doesn't pick and choose which are going to and which are not going to be, be to be saved. You as a free moral agent have got to yield to the gospel message, the Holy Spirit and the power of God. Amen. Praise God. Verse 45 says it is written in the prophets and they shall all be taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard notice this and has learned of the father comes to me. The Jews should already know through the study of the Old Testament. This is the one that the prophets spoke of. But they would not believe. The reason being that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, the word, the spoken word of God, which they heard every synagogue, every Sabbath. But they don't have ears to hear. The gospel today teaches the sinner what he must do to be saved. But there are many that won't hear. Many in the churches, they don't have ears to hear. They think church membership is going to save them. They think water baptism is going to save them. They think sprinkling as a child is going to save them. There's no such thing, my dear brother. There's no such thing, friend, as baptismal regeneration. You, as a free moral agent, you have to receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. You have to first repent, do exactly what Jesus said, repent and believe the gospel in order to be saved. So the sinner must repent from dead works and he must have faith towards God. All of that is contained in the gospel. It's just a matter of receiving that testimony that God gives of his son through the gospel. And verse 46 says, not that any man has seen the father. Except he which is which comes from God, he hath seen the father. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say to you, he that believes on me has everlasting life. He that believeth hath. He that believeth hath. That's a statement to a fact. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is your savior? Have you received him by faith? Have you repented of sins and asked Christ to come into your heart and life? Have you done that by faith? Then you should have the witness that you are and the assurance that you are saved, that you are born again. Hallelujah. You've got to do it by faith. Don't stumble. I mean, receive Christ now. Receive him by faith. Trust in him. Praise God. And you will have the assurance. Why? Because verse 48 says, I am that bread of life. 
praise God. I am the bread that the prophets spoke of in the Old Testament. I am the bread that John the Baptist, the one who prepared my way, spoke concerning. I am everything that I have said that I am in these last two going into the third year of ministry. And I've demonstrated it by healing the sick, raising the dead, doing miraculous signs and wonders and preaching the word of God. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Praise God. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. That's what he says to the disciples and the upper room discourse. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. That's basically what Jesus is teaching the Jews here at this point. The father sent me. I'm a representative of him. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. I'm that bread that came down from heaven. Verse 49, your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and they're dead. See, Jesus is trying to get the Jews to think on a spiritual level, not on a natural level. Verse 50, this is the bread which came down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And he did that on the cross. Amen. The Jews, therefore, strove amongst themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Got to have ears to hear. You got to have an open heart. We have to have an open heart to be able to understand these things. What is Jesus doing here? He's speaking in esoteric terms. Why? Because he already knows that these people will not believe. But on behalf of those who will believe, we're talking about even today, Jesus is speaking. Jesus will give us ears to hear and to understand what he is speaking of here. Verse 53, then Jesus said to them, verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoso eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed and my blood is drink indeed. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me, remains in me. Notice that. Notice the definiteness of the new born again experience. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. That's exactly what Jesus spoke to his disciples. He said, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, if ye remain in me and my words remain in you, you'll ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. I tell you, this is staying power. The new birth is staying power. The born again experience is remaining power. Praise God. Hallelujah. You don't wake up one morning saved and then because you don't feel like you're saved the next morning, you think you've lost it all. No, sir. The born again experience is much more powerful than that. 
As the Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eats me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eats of this bread shall live forever. Verse 59. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Words for them in that day, words for us today. We trust in Jesus. We trust in his word. We open our heart wide and he fills us to the full. We have eaten the bread of life. Hallelujah. Praise God. And we'll live forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.